Hey, Chris. Hey, Jen. What are you listening to this week? Welcome to season three of What Are You Listening To? The weekly podcast created to foster community through music by sharing the stories behind the songs that soundtrack our lives. Some of the songs are old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by Chris Cochran. Chris is the co-founder of Hacker Valley Media and has created many award-winning shows, including Hacker Valley Studio and Technically Divided, alongside his co-founder, Ron Eddings. He is also a mentor, public speaker, member of the Board of Governors for the Podcast Academy, and a U.S. Marine veteran. Chris is joining us fresh off his panel at this year's Pod Movement Convention in Denver, entitled The Show Must Go On, a panel on handling podcast disasters. Please join us as we discuss four songs that at different times have played on repeat to help us get through this thing called life. For the best listening experience, I recommend tuning into the show on Spotify. There you can hear the show with the songs we discuss incorporated. You can also find the show on Apple, Amazon Music, or wherever you stream. But if you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Chris, what are you listening to this week? I'm listening to Jukebox Hero by Foreigner. Okay, okay. Tell me about this song. Tell me why this song is important to you or why out of all the songs in the whole world that you could have chosen for this show, Jukebox Hero by Foreigner was one that you picked. Yeah, I would say this is one of the songs that I just listened to throughout the years. And it's one of the, if someone were to ask me, hey, what's one song that really highlights one of the aspects of your life? I would say it's one of these songs because one of my favorite moments is is just having that moment where you realize something means so much to you. Maybe it's something you didn't realize was that important, but then all of a sudden there's just that one moment where you just tumble down a rabbit hole and you don't realize how far you've come until you look back retrospectively on that very first moment. So case in point, uh, I've been a dancer pretty much my whole life, but I still remember that first dance video that I saw that I was like, I want to do that. I want to dance. This is back when the uh, there was no social media at this time. It was just peer-to-peer sharing of videos. And okay. there was a video by uh, David Elsewhere, who's a dancer overseas. And I was like, that looks completely unreal. And so just like the song Jukebox Hero, he heard that guitar through the wall. And yeah. he was like, that is what I want to do. So he went, he got that beat up six string at a secondhand store and he just kept playing and he became a hero. He became that rock hero that he wanted to be. I love it. And I love that the, the song resonates for me in the exact same way. And to like take it another level, the other thing that I love about this song is that when he first hears that guitar, you know, the one that changes his life, the one that we're talking about, that moment maker, you know, the, the, that we all hopefully are lucky enough to experience in our lives and we discover a passion or a love or a talent or something that we just is almost like the air that we breathe. You know, that's how mm -hmm. I feel about music. My life would be so different. And I don't know that I could live 
live without it. It's such an important piece to me. But like, again, in the story, he hears the guitar and he's not even in the show. Like, I love that he couldn't get tickets to the show, right? Like you said, he's listening through the wall. He's listening from outside and still it's powerful enough that it moves him. Um, And I just think that that's so, so cool. It's, it really is. The song is just the story of a kid falling in love with music and wanting Mm -hmm. to be a part of that world. And I just completely relate. I completely relate to that. And, and I do agree that it's about discovering your passion. You know, when you find the thing and it's like the only thing that you can think of, you're almost like obsessed, you know, and you have to make that thing happen. Um, You know, and then I think the song does a good job too of getting into like the pitfalls of excelling at that thing. And then ultimately like the battle to stay at the top of Mm -hmm. your game with that thing, you know? So I think there's also this really cool um, exploration of like how a passion can stay relevant and how it could also turn toxic if, you know, the love of being famous or the love of chasing that dream or the fame becomes more important than the actual passion for the talent or the thing that you originally fell in love with. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes complete sense. Uh, what's yeah. funny is I, I don't have just one instance. I have several instances. And I would say that part of my personality is that I, I'm always in search of those instances of just doing new things just to yeah. see how they resonate with me. So for instance, on my way to the house today, is uh, three juggling balls. I've never juggled in my entire life. I'm just like, you know what? I want to give it a shot. See if it's something that, because I, I like to fidget, right? I have ADHD, so I, I always like to do something with my hands. Okay. So I thought maybe if I got into juggling, I'm going to see how fast I can get to the point where I can actually juggle three balls, at least you know halfway decent. But uh, I'm always in search for those moments in life where it's just like, wow, I didn't realize this world exists. And now that I do, I want to go as deep and as far as I want to for as long as I need to. A lot, some people, they have the, I, I would say it's a luxury, but I'm sure some people find it to be a curse where they find one thing and that's all they do for the rest of their life. But for me, I always have seasons of things and sometimes seasons come back and sometimes they don't. But I'm always looking for that, that next guitar sound, you know, yes. to, to put me on a different direction. I love the way you phrase that. And I love the fearlessness with which you chase that. I think it's so important. And I think it helps keep us young. I think it helps keep us vibrant and engaged. Um, and I love that. I can't wait to hear how the juggling goes. You're going to have to keep <laughs> us all posted now. <laughs> now that we yeah. know this is a new skill set you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Well, and I also love that you picked two story songs. We talk a lot on the show about songs that tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and your both of your songs tell really clear stories, um, which I love. And so let's transition into your second pick, which is a bit of a departure from the first, um, but a song that is so well loved that I know anybody that's tuning in this week is going to be so happy to see this song pop up on the playlist. So tell me about your second pick. We Don't Talk About Bruno by Lin-Manuel Miranda and cast. Yes. Obviously, this is a song from Encanto from 2021, which, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I think, can almost do no wrong. The guy is such a super genius that it's just his talent is mind boggling, (laughs) whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, his early endeavors and improvisation and, you know, theater in New York, all the way, of course, to Hamilton. And he did his work in Mary Poppins, um, you know, in Canto, obviously. Like, I just think this guy is such a super talent and I'm anything that has his name attached to 
to it, I'm tuning in for. Um, mm -hmm. So tell me, if, what was the draw of this particular song for you? Is it Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda Factor or you just love this song? Tell me about why, uh, why you chose to talk about Bruno this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would say it's really a, a bunch of different things. Number one, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is a, is a genius, like a mega genius uh, yeah. in his own right. Uh, one thing that is probably really important for me to bring up is I was actually in a really dark place uh, at this point because it was around Christmas time, maybe two years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had torn my Achilles uh, yeah. right before Christmas time. And we were having a bunch of family come in. My wife had to take care of all the house and all the cooking and the cleaning and the kids and entertaining everyone. And I basically just sat in a chair for three months. Uh, not really being able to get around much. And during this time, uh, because I, I love storytelling, I've always loved storytelling. I said, you know what, since I'm not going to be mobile, I'm not going to be able to work out like I usually do. I'm not going to be able to get around. I'm going to index on leveraging and, and cultivating my creativity. So I was doing all sorts of projects. I was doing some voiceover projects. I was doing some writing, uh, still trying to create as much content as I possibly could. And I remember Around that time, that's when uh, it was available on demand for, for people to watch. And I think we had it on and no one was really paying attention. But then this song came on and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is different. So after that song played, I was like, hold on, everybody. We need to, we need to watch this movie because that, what I just heard was incredible. So I started watching the movie. I would say that we watched that movie probably like 10 times during wow. those like two weeks. But I told everybody after I heard it the second time, I said, that is one of the best songs, not only in animation, one of the best songs ever from a storytelling standpoint, from a creativity standpoint, and even an execution standpoint. The, the part at the end where they were layering the different uh, verses together. Yeah. And I, there's a specific word for it that I can't remember at this point, but just in the end, one of the best songs ever created. And I stand by that. That's the hill I'll die on. Right. <laughs> I agree with you, though. And I think the world does, too. You know, this song had way more listens than any other song on the soundtrack. I mean, more than double. Um, it's I think it's the number fifth, number five on the list of most streamed Disney songs on Spotify. And it's only wow. been on Spotify for less than two years. Right. right. The, uh, the ones that top it are from Moana, Cars and Frozen, which have all mm -hmm. been out for years. Right? right. So you're not alone in this feeling. I think that the song resonated with so many people. And I love too that it's sort of taken on this side spotlight of, of you know, and being praised for bringing awareness to the way families treat members of their own family with mental illness, right? Mm -hmm. We kind of right. don't talk about it. We hide away the things that scare us. I think if we're talking about the film too and the song and the performances, I also have to call out John Leguizamo, who I also think yeah. is incredible and did such a good job with this role. Um, but I think that that is something that I love about this song too. It's like, sometimes we just lock things away that we don't want to deal with or that are ugly or shameful. That we don't understand. Yeah. Or hard to talk about. And mm -hmm. I think that that only makes everyone feel worse, right? Like I, I think that this song did such a good job of shining a spotlight on that and like, no, I think let's talk about these things. And even I think 
I don't think it was an accident, you know, that Lin-Manuel Miranda called the song We Don't Talk About Bruno, because I think right. it is a direct invitation to talk about these things. Um, another thing that crossed my mind when I saw this song on your playlist, and so I have to ask, knowing that you're in cybersecurity, and that's a big part of the world you live in, mm -hmm. um, I was thinking like, what do you not talk about <laughs> like regarding security? Like what scares you? What keeps you up at night? What's something that you're like, oh, that's not one I want to think about because it just sends me down a rabbit hole of like paranoia or being scared or like you said, not understanding fully. Is there anything in your world that kind of translates to that? Yeah, I would say that I'm I'm pretty much an open book for most things. Uh, I guess partially being a, a content creator and a podcaster, so being an open book tends to to be uh, favorable in those situations. But from a cybersecurity standpoint, one of the things that is hard to talk about is just that everybody is practically a target, and uh, I don't mm. like to index on fear, uncertainty, and doubt, or FUD as we call it. Yep. But uh, it's it's really true with automation and artificial intelligence used in a negative sense from the cyber criminals, everyone becomes a target. And which, uh, which is unfortunate because even though I'm a cybersecurity practitioner, even I am a target and someone can, if they really, really want to get my information, they can steal my money. And so that means that the people that don't live and breathe this stuff are even more of a target just because of the awareness, the training, the education. So I think that's the really the, the hard part. Um, I think one of the things that is really interesting about cybersecurity criminals is that there's an abstraction from reality. So they feel like they're just stealing bits and bytes, but really they're affecting people's lives. And so there's a bit of a sociopathic uh, lens to what they're doing. But if they realize that they're really harming individuals, I think it'd be much, much different. It's harder to do a crime in person, like to steal someone's purse, than it would be to do something online. Very similar to how it's easy to, you know, say insults over the web or say mm -hmm. a celebrity is dumb or stupid or, or whatever you want to call them. Um, but you wouldn't do that to someone's face. Right. And so I right. think that that kind of uh, is a, analogous to how cyber criminals treat people on the Internet. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit, you know, kind of again, back to the song and how it all comes full circle. But yeah, it's easier to sort of dehumanize someone than mm -hmm. deal with your own fear about them being different or whatever the case may be. So yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Well, as we transition, we're going to keep it fun and we're going to keep it up tempo, but we are going to focus a little bit on, you know, the the heaviness um, and the fun of my first pick, um, which is a classic, a song that I'll always love. Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Yes. Great, great song. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, you know, I was... I, I love the intro. I've mm -hmm. always loved that intro. I always have. I always will. I can say it verbatim and probably have been yeah. able to since the album came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just think, you know, we featured a Prince song not too long ago. Um, it, but we, it was an old, a much more recent Prince song. It wasn't anything from Purple Rain. And we're working on a new show on the Super Awesome Mix Network called Battle Mix, where we're kind of doing um, song battles, like song versus songs. We're doing mm -hmm. a 16 song bracket with a different theme. And our first um, series is 
songs from 80s movies. Mm. So I went back and rewatched Purple Rain. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, I fell in love with that album all over again. Like for people that grew up with the film and grew up in a certain era, the song came out in 1984. It's just canon, right? Like I can't think of my childhood or my youth without thinking of Purple Rain. Um, and more specifically, the album than the movie. I was a little bit young to be watching the movie, although I did. I snuck in. <laughs> um but the song has just got, you know, I, I think that the lyrics are so empowering. I've always loved. And if the elevator tries to bring you down, go crazy, mm -hmm. punch a higher floor, right? Mm. Like anytime I feel scared or nervous or like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. That, that lyric plays in my head all the time. Yeah. If the elevator tries to bring you down, go crazy, punch a higher floor. Do not let anybody tell you that you cannot do it. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's just, I, again, it's always resonated. And then I, I think the other set of lyrics that I called out was, there's a section where he says, we're all excited, but we don't know why. Maybe it's because we're all going to die. When we do, what's it all for? You better live now before the Grim Reaper comes knocking on your door. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember, he wrote this in 84. This is like pre-COVID. This is right. pre-Y2K. You know, this is pre all of these big events that kind of had people a little on edge. And even back then, you know, he was sort of encouraging you to live life to the fullest because you mm -hmm. never know what the next thing's going to be. Um, tell me, do you have any sort of relationship or like feelings with this song or about this song? Oh, a hundred percent. Uh, for one, uh, my, my household, uh, we listened to two artists primarily. And that was Michael Jackson and Prince, uh, mainly from my mom and Prince. Uh, it always seemed like his music, he understood and accepted his own mortality, but it mm -hmm. was always like, Hey, you know, the end will happen eventually but while we're here let's let's make the most of it and so uh when i when i when you mentioned this song being on your list uh it made me think of just recently i think it was the mark twain award for uh dave Chappelle, because uh, oh. dave Chappelle is he loves music and yep. of course you know, there there are certain things about uh, dave Chappelle that in the in the media now is less than desirable but i remember watching uh, his award at the Mark Twain Awards. And uh, it started with uh, uh, Morgan Freeman was doing the voiceover and he brought in the song, Let's Go Crazy. And they had a band and I was like, what an elegant way to bring in an award. But um, that song, the way it starts to just the feeling, the energy, the, the messaging, I just think it's yeah. such a special song. And honestly, a lot of Prince's songs are just like that. Well, and it's so funny. I thought you were going to go in a different direction with Dave Chappelle. I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan um, and I loved Chappelle's show. And he used to do, I'm not sure if you ever watched the show, but do you remember the episode of Charlie Murphy's True oh, Hollywood yeah. Story they did yep. where they played basketball with Game Prince? Blouses. <laughs> blouses. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Classic. One of my favorite. Like, if you haven't seen it, listeners, you have to go back and watch that episode. The game, game blouses is used in our yeah. house all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, I'm a huge Dave Chappelle uh, fan. I actually just saw him in person for the first time. It was a bucket list item for me uh, about a month ago here in Dallas. Oh, so good. He's so, speaking of genius. I, I mean, I think he's also 
just creative genius. Like, mm-hmm. and I think I love how bold he is too. I know we're not, this is like not about Dave Chappelle, but I just think he's one of those people that's not afraid to say what he's thinking, even if it's not a popular opinion. And I think we so, we need so much more of that right now. A hundred percent. And and if people really listened to his specials and you really like dissect the message he's trying to put across, he's actually not saying anything derogatory about anybody of course there's going to be things that he's saying for comedy but if you really like look at the the themes across all of his specials he's really trying to bring everybody to the same level in a lot of different ways um and and i wish people really heard that i think some people don't really listen to his specials or watch his specials and they kind of just take what he's saying out of context and they you know of course you're going to get angry if you take something out of context but if you put the lens of comedy, if you put the lens of like what he's actually trying to say, I think people would really appreciate what he's trying to put across. I agree. I agree. And if nothing else, go watch the Charlie Murphy True Hollywood Story <laughs> where Prince yeah. is playing basketball because it Please. is. And they say that it's based on like all of those were really based on. Yeah, like legit true stories. So mm-hmm. I just like. I love that one. I, I think that it's worth it. And, you know, go back. If it's been a minute since you've pulled out the Purple Rain album, go back and mm-hmm. give that a full listen to it really is as good as it was when I heard it when I was 10 years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, and we actually I, I think we often talk to about sort of natural themes that emerge from these playlists. I don't ever give guests a theme. We just kind of see where the songs take us. And this one seemed to emerge a character theme, right? Every mm-hmm. single um, song that we chose had a character in it or in the case of Prince, I think was sung by a character. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, and so I rounded us out with that same kind of thinking um, with another favorite of mine, um, an oldie but a goodie, a song called Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's by Sir Elton John. Mm -hmm. So this is a song from 1972. This is actually a song that was recorded before I was born. Um, But I love this song and I always have. This is another artist that I went back and looked and was really surprised that I didn't have more Elton John. Um, But this song, I just think it's such a good reminder of how crazy life can get and that there's room for all different kinds of people and to be grateful for your friends and your chosen family. Um, This song kind of encompasses it all. You know, Mm -hmm. to me, it's just, it, it is, it's an ode to chosen family, to the people, good and bad that we surround ourselves with that really make the story of our lives, right? The, the perspective that they offer, um, the comfort, the feelings of loneliness when you need to move on from a relationship, like the experience is still there, you know, any, mm-hmm. any feelings of despair that you might have when you branch out of your, on your own, like this song encompasses all of that. And I just think it's, it's really beautiful the way all of that contributes to who you are as a person, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I was going to say the exact same thing. It, it's about, you know, the, the unique characters and the people and the personalities that you bring around you. But honestly, that's what kind of makes you uh, an individual at the end of the day, because, oh, I have this friend that does this. I have a friend that acts like that. But that really starts to reflect who you are as a person. They say you're a sum of your five closest associates. And I I do believe that to a degree, right, because you're going to learn and take on some of the values and you're going to take on some of the personality of the people, people that you surround yourself with. 
And I feel like Elton John is one of those people that was never afraid to be himself. Like, yeah. I, I think those are the most impressive people, just like Prince, just like Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, mm-hmm. just like anybody that's really of note in this world, whether you're talking about culture or you're talking about just society in general. Those are the people that are unafraid to be themselves, be different. And that's what I think makes life magical. I do too. And I, I think, you know, I've always had this theory that like people, your friends sometimes exist to like live in your blind spots, you know, Mm -hmm. like the things that you can't see, the universe has this really cool way of putting people around you that do and kind of helps you move past it. And, and the lyrics where he says, Mona Lisa's and mad and mad hatters, sons of bankers, sons of lawyers turn around and say, good morning to the night for unless they see the sky, but they can't. And that is why they know not if it's dark outside or light. Like to me, Mm. that's always sort of been like this really beautiful, poetic way of saying that like these people, Mm -hmm. like, thank goodness people get put in your life and get put in your way that can help you see if it's dark outside or light, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So that's always really resonated with me too, in terms of like why I love that song and why I think um, it was a good pick to sort of round out this episode that um, ended up kind of being all about characters. Loved it. Absolutely (laughs) wonderful. Well, Chris, thank you so much for sharing what you're listening to this week. I'm really grateful for your time. And I know how busy your schedule is. You are in super high demand. So taking time out to chat with me has really been a gift. Thank you. Oh, thank you. This has been great. One of my favorite podcasts ever. Oh, thank you. And to learn more about Chris, you can visit the Hacker Valley Media website at hackervalley.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-V-A-L-L-E-Y. Also, this season, we have a new way to connect with our Waylit listeners. You can call, text, or leave us a Google voice message at 512-900-9169. We've enjoyed all the comments so far, so please continue to share your thoughts, suggestions, and love. As always, please be sure to follow, download, and share this show. And if you love listening, please drop us a review on Apple or Spotify. Last but not least, to stay informed on all things Super Awesome Mix and what are you listening to, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Super Awesome Mix. Thanks for listening, and please join me again next week to find your new favorite song. 